Well, good evening again. My name is Dave Furman. I serve as the senior pastor here with Redeemer Church of Dubai. And if this is your very first time here with us, we just want to extend a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas and to you and to all. It's a special, wonderful day. And I want to personally invite you to join us in our normal Friday morning worship gatherings. We meet over the next several weeks in this room on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. And so if you're new to us, feel free to come and join us any Friday. We'll be back here in this room on the 27th of this month. After the service today, stay a while, meet a new friend, enjoy some snacks. Uh, go by our photo booth near the entrance, take some pictures. We also have an interactive wall back in that back corner um, where you can add a little something to it. You would have found several things in your bulletin this evening, one of which is this beautiful card that says, Jesus, you're worthy because. You can write a, a note on there about how Jesus is worthy, and you can take it back to that, to that wall, and you can tape it on there. You can also take a, a few moments just to read some of the encouraging things that people have already written uh, about Jesus on there. Also, just of note, towards the end of our service this evening, we'll be taking up a special offering. Uh, God is not lacking in anything, but we as Christians, we give to God because God has given us so much. And so at the end, we're going to do something special because Christmas is about giving, not about receiving. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to give the entire offering away. And we're going to give it all away to a new church plant in Kuwait. So you saw Pastor Blaine up here in the beginning of the service, kind of leading us there in the beginning. We're sending uh, Blaine and his family and, and others to go up to Kuwait to start a new church in 2020. We want to see a church like Redeemer Church of Dubai faithfully proclaiming the gospel in that land. And so 100% of our offering tonight will go to see that church started. Well, if you're visiting tonight, I want to make it clear that offering is for those who are committed uh, here to Redeemer. So if you're new, just pass the offering uh, bag on by. But as you do, I just want to encourage you to fill out uh, this uh, visitor card uh, and to, to put your information. We'd love to just email you more information about our church so you could get to know a little bit more about us. There's also a place for prayer requests or any comments. You can drop that in the bag as it comes around. You'll also find a, uh, another, a third insert in your bulletin that will describe to you about the good news of the gospel. This summarizes our beliefs as a church. This is what we believe about God. So take some time later on to read that as well. You'll find other announcements in the life of our church in the bulletin that you were handed on your way in this evening. Well, as we begin to look at God's Word, let's pray. Oh, Father, open our eyes to see the Savior in the Scriptures tonight. Help us to know you more and transform our lives this Christmas as we spend this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. A time to gather with family and friends, a time to give gifts and to receive gifts, a time to wear green and red, to drink hot chocolate, to bake cookies, or to make your world-famous holiday biryani. Our family, we love to put up a Christmas tree. We love it so much, we put it up just a tad early. Now, don't make fun of us, 
But this year, we put up our tree around November 1st. Now, don't laugh, but we, we did. Does anyone else put up their tree that early? Not really seeing many hands out there. Okay, we're a little crazy, but we love having the tree up in our house just to look at it and to have the lights on and the ornaments. Now, don't tell anybody this. Here's a, I guess this is maybe even a bigger secret, but we even turn up the Christmas music at the same time and listen to it for both of the months, November, December. We especially love the Christmas music. Some songs more than others. Some of them are a little bit odd, aren't they? Think about it. There's a song about Frosty the Snowman. That's weird. This one's funny if you grew up in Dubai. Maybe the only snow you've ever seen is at the mall at the ski slope. Few of us have ever seen a snowman with a corn cob pipe and a button nose. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Poor guy. He had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Thankfully, it's that nose that one foggy Christmas Eve saved the day and will go down in history. He saved Santa's sleigh. And speaking of Santa, did you know Santa Claus is coming to town? He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to see who's been naughty or nice. But as a friend of mine said this past week, you better watch out because Santa also sees you when you're sleeping. Now, that's a little strange. I don't think I want Santa knowing my sleeping habits and looking after me. There are other songs as well. Santa Baby, Santa Dog, Santa's Beard. A whole song about Santa's beard. Space Christmas. And because it's 2019, Christmas Unicorn. And did you know what the most popular Christmas song this year is? I'll tell you, I've done some research this week. It's actually a song released back in 1994. It was number one on the Billboard Top 100 charts this week for the first time ever. The number one song, not just of Christmas songs, but the number one song of every single song in the whole world. What's the most popular song in the world today? All I want for Christmas is you. Number one song, it's a Christmas love song. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. But is that what Christmas is all about? A snowman, Santa, some reindeer, a Christmas unicorn, a Christmas love story? Well, truth be told, Christmas is a story about love. We can read it right here in our Bibles. It's the kind of love story that transcends all kinds of loves. And the love story started long ago. Pastor Blaine read about how God created the first humans and all of us to be in a loving relationship with him. But Adam and Eve rebelled, and each and every one of us has followed their ways. Sin is disobedience against God, and sin against the holy God means just one thing. It means that we are forever separated from him. A sinful person cannot be in the presence of a holy God. But as time went on and the bad news remained... There was a, a little light, 
a little light at the end of the tunnel. Prame read for us several prophecies that long ago God comforted his people by telling them a Savior would be born of a virgin in a tiny little town called Bethlehem. Bambi then read that 2,000 years ago, that baby was born, and that baby was named Jesus, and that baby would grow up and would save his people from their sins. Now, many of us spend our whole lives trying to, to make our way to God, but the message of Christmas is that God has come to us. Pastor Daniel read for us from Revelation chapter 5 about a vision of this Christmas here. And we're going to take a look at that passage for a few minutes. And maybe one of the, the first messages in, first Christmas messages in history from the book of Revelation. But I think you'll see why we're looking at this most glorious of texts. You'll find it printed in your bulletins on page 7. Revelation, it's the final book of the Bible. And in Revelation and in our text, the Apostle John gets a vision of heaven. Like a trailer to a movie, he sees a glimpse of what's to come. And the question these verses ask is, who is worthy? Who is worthy of our worship? And here's the main point this evening. It's that Jesus is worthy of all of our worship this Christmas. Jesus is worthy of all of our worship this Christmas. In verse 1 in our text, John sees God on his throne and he sees a scroll. And that scroll is sealed with seven seals. A scroll is a book. And in this case, it's a book containing God's judgment and God's redemption. God's plan for his judgment and, re and redemption. And the question is asked, who is worthy to break the seals and unroll and open the scroll? That's the question because the point is, whoever is worthy to break the seals is the one who has control and authority over God's plan of redemption. This person is Lord over history. But there's a problem. Verse 3, they couldn't find anyone to open it. And John, just watching this unfold, he just begins to cry. The text literally means he kept on shedding tears. He was wailing. This isn't a cute cry. It's not the cry where you have one little sweet tear falling down your cheek. Here what's happening is it's an ugly cry. It's a weeping. He's weeping because he's in despair. If there's no one worthy, then God's glorious plan won't be carried out. Where's the hope for God's people? What about all of God's promises. What about the new heavens and the new earth? A human had to open the book because the promise was made to humanity, but no person was found worthy. Now what's in view here is the idea of a will. We have wills today. They're a written document. It summarizes what happens to one's belongings when they die. In Roman times, a will would be witnessed and sealed by seven witnesses. And only the designated executor who had authority could open the will. The seals, they're, they're, they're kept sealed in order to keep the content secret, to keep people from changing it. Well, the emphasis is clear here in Revelation. The one who opens it is worthy to unveil the truth and enforce it. But there's no one to be found. 
I mean, imagine it's like a wealthy person who writes a will but says that that will can only be executed by someone who's attained certain requirements. But then that person dies, the family, they gather around the will with with a certain anticipation only to realize that no one has authority to open the will. No one was worthy. And so no wealth gets passed down and they all weep. That's a taste of what's happening here in heaven. And John is weeping, he's wailing, but in the midst of his tears, there's an elder or a leader who calls out to John in verse five. Oh, John, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Oh, John, wait a minute. John, John, you can stop crying. There's someone who's worthy to open the scrolls. There's someone who's worthy to execute judgment and redemption. There is one. The lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David. This is how Jesus Christ is described in the scriptures. A lion. He's conquered. Everyone sees this. The 24 elders The leaders of Israel, probably representative here, the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, together along with the four living creatures, probably symbolizes all of creation. But here's the shock. Here's the shocker. The lion is actually a lamb. Seven is the number of completeness in the Bible. The seven horns show his strength. The seven eyes show that he's all-knowing. The seven spirits show that he is sovereign. And yet he comes not just as a lion, and he comes not just as a lamb. He comes as a lamb who was slain. Jesus is found worthy because he's a slain lamb. And John sees the lamb. He would have been reminded of the Passover lamb. This is the great celebration of his people. Here's what a family would have done at the Passover. They would have, three days prior, they would have taken the lamb. They would have taken the lamb into their house. They would have had to examine the lamb for three days to make sure it had no spot, no blemish, make sure it wasn't sick, make sure that the lamb was perfect. But what happens when you bring the lamb in your house for three days if you have children? Well, surely they would feed it, they would pet it, they would give it a name like Fluffy or Marshmallow. You'd cuddle the cute guy. You'd, 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 you'd hang out with the lamb. But then all of a sudden, three days later in the dead of the night, daddy would go out, take the lamb, and would slaughter and slay the lamb. And kids wake up in the morning, kids crying out because Fluffy was gone. Well, the Passover marked the fact that years before in Egypt, God sent a plague of judgment to kill the firstborn of every family there. But if you followed God, if you were a believer in God, what you did is you took that lamb and as you slayed it, you took some blood and you put blood on the doorpost of your house. God would see that blood and God would pass over those houses and would spare them the judgment. This was a a picture of the cost of their salvation, both for the the parents and for the kids who would would be with that lamb. It would, would show them that someone had to die, that there was a payment, that there was a cost to their forgiveness and to their redemption. Well, that cost of their salvation all pointed to the spotless lamb who was to come. Now, years later, John's in heaven, and it all seems to make sense to them. All those sacrifices were all pointing to the last sacrifice, the lambs 
pointed to the lamb. Jesus was born to die as a slain lamb to take away the sins of his people. Jesus is worthy of all our worship this Christmas. He's worthy because he's a slain lamb. Because here's what his birth meant. 2,000 years ago in a tiny town called Bethlehem, a virgin named Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. They were preparing to be a family. They were preparing to spend their entire lives together. Then all of a sudden, an angel throws everything in disarray, comes to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. This meant that God himself would put a baby in her womb. Joseph made plans to end the engagement. He wanted to do it silently. He didn't want to put any more shame on Mary. But then before he could do that plan, an angel comes to him too and says, Joseph, don't go anywhere. Joseph, don't leave. Stay. Stay with Mary. All of this is from God. Well, this was shocking. And it was very real. This was a real pregnancy. Nine months going through the first trimester nausea. Mary would have felt the baby kick. The third trimester exhaustion, the food cravings. Maybe not pickles and chocolate for her, but you get the idea, all this was real. And there's a very real delivery. Nine months later, Mary would give birth to Jesus. Now in the movies, when a baby is born, they all look so beautiful, don't they? So clean. There's no umbilical cord. There's no mess. There's no blood. But here's the secret if you didn't know. The, those newborn babies in the movies are all at least eight weeks old. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus had an umbilical cord. Someone had to cut it. Jesus was messy. There was blood. Jesus had to be washed. Mary and Joseph had to hug Jesus and rock Jesus when he cried. And this baby would grow up and he would play with friends. He would eat snacks. He would take naps. And yet this baby was also different than every single baby in all of history. This, is, this baby was the one who spoke the entire universe into existence. This baby is worthy of our worship. To worship means to ascribe honor and glory to. It's to declare the glory of God. And Jesus is worthy of all of our worship this Christmas. Because by living on this earth, Jesus identified with us in every way. He lived in the flesh. He faced the same temptations we face. He was God, but he was also man. And he lived a perfect life. He never sinned even once. And then he gave his life as a sacrifice on the Roman cross. It was there that he willingly died the most humiliating of deaths, where the sins of all his people were placed upon him. But his death wasn't in vain. On the third day, he rose from the dead, conquering death. That's why he looks like a lamb, though, it was slain. Because he was slain, he was slaughtered like a lamb, but he's still alive. 
He's still alive. Jesus has risen from the dead. And all of this, his perfect life, his perfect death, all of this made him worthy to open that scroll, to take the scroll. And he did. In verse 7, he took the scroll and everyone fell down around him and worshipped him. And in verse 9, they sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Now, all I want for Christmas is you may be the most popular song in the world today, but it's this song. It's this song which will top the charts for all eternity. It's this that we will sing forever. Now, Jesus is worthy because his death has ransomed us. He purchased us from the grip of death, and he made us a kingdom and priests. That's good news. And here's more good news, is that anyone from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every language, every people, anyone can come to God. Anyone can come to God, whether you're from Malawi or Mindanao, whether you're from Canada or Kenya, whether you're from India or Indonesia. Any man, woman, and child can come to God. Anyone can join the chorus of this song. Anyone can cry out with verse 12, that all power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing comes from him. Anyone can join in with heaven at the end of the chapter and say with confidence, Amen. All this is true. But at the end here, there's a question that remains for each of us. Well, friend, will you worship this lamb today? Will you worship this Savior Today, Joseph and Mary got it. They obeyed God and they worshiped him. The wise men got it. We, we saw Jenna read earlier that the wise men, they follow the star, they, they come to the baby, they worship. They bow down and they worship. They got it. All of heaven, the angels, all the creatures, everyone bowed down and worship. They got it. How about you? This Christmas, how about you? Will you worship Jesus this Christmas? Will you join the chorus of the greatest song in the world? Redeemer Church, Jesus is worthy of all of our worship this Christmas. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for Jesus. He is worthy to receive all of our worship. We've looked in this world to find meaning and truth, but we've been let down. We've tried on our own to reach up to you, but we failed. 
Oh, Father, this Christmas, would we get it? Would we get it? Would our hearts be awakened to the truth that Jesus is worthy? Would our eyes be opened? And would our lives be transformed? For indeed, Jesus is worthy. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.